I cannot count on two hands, fingers and toes, in fact, how many of you have emailed me or messaged me on the socials to tell me that I have to have the voice of quilting on the podcast. So today's guest is famous for so many things, but most notably her 10 years of live internet radio with American Patchwork and Quilting. I can't wait to kick off this first episode of 2024 with Pat Sloan. Hello, happy new year and welcome to the Quilter on Fire podcast, where I explore the stories, the connections and the joy of guests in the quilting world. I'm your host, Brandy Maslowski, the Quilter on Fire, and I can't wait to share this week's episode with you. So here we go. My guest today is known as the voice of quilting. She has interviewed so many incredible guests over a decade with talk radio, but she has accomplished so much more since then. And it's all about community. She has spent 20 years teaching and speaking on the road. She has over 25 years of content on her blog. She has designed fabric, written over 40 books. She has a following of over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. And if you thought that number was staggering, her Facebook group, Quilt Along with Pat Sloan, has 375,000 members. Need I say more? No matter where you are on your quilting path, or whether you prefer Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube, you can find Pat Sloan online, and I am 100% sure you'll be able to connect with her in her community to grow your skills while having a whole lot of fun. So let's explore the story of Pat Sloan. Pat, welcome to the show. Oh, happy new year, Brandy. I'm so happy to have you on my new year's episode. I can't believe it's 2024. This is kind of crazy. Everything that you are doing in the quilting world just engages people at every level. So I love to start off by taking a little look back at where you got started. Oh, so goodness. <laughs> let's go there first. When do you first remember putting stitch to fabric? Uh, it was not a quilt. It was not a quilt. So I sewed little doll clothes by hand, you know, cut out the fabric, sewed some little things together for Barbie dolls. That was what I did probably in oh, fifth grade, sixth grade, something like that. And were there certain people in your life early on that had a really creative impact on you? No, nobody. nobody. There was nobody, nobody at all. So it's all self-generated, everything creative. I don't have maker parents at all or maker grandparents or anything like that. So I was a lone ranger kid. <laughs> so you started your first stitches as a child. When did that shift over to your first experience with quilting? Yeah, so I did clothing then because that was kind of what you made. I learned to sew in high school home ec class. And I loved clothing. I love fabric. That's really what I love, fabric. I had never heard of a quilt. I didn't know what they were. I met my husband and his family had some quilts. And they weren't a terribly big deal, but they were there. And so I got to see these, you know, blankets, basically. And then when we had our first apartment, I decided I needed a bedspread. So I thought, well, I'm going to make one of those quilts like Greg's grandma, mama made. I'm going to make one of those quilts like mama made. And uh, so I went to the fabric store where I got my clothing fabric and I bought a magazine and talked to the people, the salespeople in there. And so they pointed me to the 
calico wall because this was like, you know, 1980. <laughs> there was, you know, three types of fabric available. That was it. And uh, so I bought this burgundy and blue fabrics and made this giant star for the middle of my bed. And that was the first quilt, but it was a long time before I made another one that was just, you know, that's what I just had a purpose. I was making a bedspread. I made the bedspread and didn't need to make any more bedspread. So I was off back to clothing. So you had a long break and then when did you get back into quilting and how did your quilting blossom from there? Yeah, my first career was 20 years in uh, computers and software engineering. And one of the ladies on my staff, uh, she said to me, you know, you really need to learn to quilt. Her name is Gwen. And I said, I don't think so. I'm not going (laughs) to cut up all that stuff and put it back together. And she goes, oh, no, you're going to like it. And so she basically went and took me and signed me up for the 12 week all by hand cardboard template learn to quilt class, because that's the way they taught you to learn. You didn't have other options. And so uh, I did it. And the first class, I mean, I I was like, whoa, I love this. This is awesome. (laughs) I was when I was I was all in after that. You're hooked. So So you started off completely by hand. What a great way to start. Now you have an appreciation for how it was done, right? I think it's awesome to learn to to piece by hand and applique by hand. And, you know, it kind of connects you to the people who did this before us because they only made things by hand before sewing machines. So after machines, I don't know. I just love having that connection. It also teaches you mad skills. If you know how something's constructed, you know how to fix it. Yeah. Uh, And doing it by hand gives you a whole different appreciation for how things are constructed. Yeah. So thinking of the fun, colorful quilts that you're known for today and looking (laughs) back at where you started, how did you grow and change over time with your quilting style? Yeah, it does change, doesn't it? I mean, if you've quilted, I think I always think like if you've quilted more than five years, like most people change because what I I like to tell people is like when I first started, I didn't know anything about quilting. Quilting is a different way of combining fabric colors and patterns than it is doing clothing. I mean, you're using little tiny shapes versus big hunks of stuff that you're going to put on your body. So, you know, it's a totally different process. And I pretty much would just make whatever the people in the guild were making. You know, like if they, my friend was making or somebody in the guild, it's like, oh, that's cute. I'll make that. Or something that was shown in the fabric store. It's like, oh, that's cute. I'll make that. And so it took a while to develop what I liked. And when that happened, it shifted. That was the first shift. Um, But there was many, I think there's many, many shifts for a lot of us, not everybody. Some people like kind of like one thing and they stay on that track. But for me, that was the first biggest shift is when I all of a sudden realized I wanted to do something a little bit more than what I was seeing. Yeah. Okay. So let's take a break from the story for a moment and just find out where are you living now and who are your (laughs) loved ones that you share your world with every day? Yeah, I um, live in Northern Virginia, just outside Washington, D.C. If you've ever flown into Dulles Airport, you flew in right by my house. (laughs) I'm just down the street. (laughs) So and I am married to Greg and there's no pets, no kids. So it's just us. 
It's just us having fun, right? You guys are mm-hmm. you guys are a team, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. kind of adorable how you guys work together. Let's get back into the story um, of your transition from your career to quilting. So you were a computer programmer. Um, and so what was it like to quit your job and take that leap of faith? <laughs> well, so you have to be... Um, nuts I think you know pretty <laughs> much uh there wasn't a lot of good information in how small businesses were run it wasn't as easy to get that information as it is now and so I thought I knew what I was doing and it basically I didn't and so Greg and I we always say Greg and I just sort of jumped off the cliff that was like we just both quit our jobs pretty much within six months of each other and decided to go all in to see if we could make our own business work so yeah. Yeah. You had to believe in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You can't depend on somebody else. If you aren't a hundred percent in, don't do it. Yeah. I worked for small entrepreneurs in the computer industry for a little bit. And so I kind of pulled a little bit of knowledge. It was told that's a totally different industry, yeah. but they were, they gave me little tidbits over the couple of years I was with them. And I thought back on that. Yeah. So was, so was there kind of a defining moment, like when you're sitting at your desk at your day job <laughs> and you kind of realize I can do this for a living. This is my thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, in order to quit a, a job that's paying very well and paying all your bills, it's not an overnight decision. Yeah. You know, so I did work in the evenings and the weekends for like about three years on my business. Yeah. So I basically worked two jobs for about three years before I decided that, yeah, one, I liked it enough to do that. I liked what I was doing enough to work a second full job of time. And so maybe I could make it a go because once you work for yourself, you work all the time. It's, It's not like you work one job. You work all the time, like two jobs. It's a, it's 24 seven. Yeah. And you weren't just simply making quilts. You were designing patterns already at that time. So is that where you started? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Making finished quilts was not my gig at all. So finished quilts to sell, that's a difficult market. Yeah. So now I have to tell you, I'm an art quilter. And early on, I needed to grow my quilting skills to get better at experimenting with the artsy stuff that I loved. And so I want to take a step back in time to the early 2000s. I'm holding in my hands right now the very first quilting book that I ever bought in my life. And it's called I Can't Believe I'm Quilting by Pat Sloan. (laughs) That's so awesome, Brandy. Yeah, it's so so great. And I want to have a little fun here and feature a few tidbits from this book because (laughs) this is the book that I've referred to back again and again. So I'm going to open up this book and I want to show you I'm going to sort of demonstrate what an expert you were already back then and how much fun you liked to have and how relevant this information still is today. Okay, so I'm going to open the pages of the book and I'm going to start off with the humor that you infuse in your writing and your videos and everything that you do. So even just looking at the terms in this book, you start off with learning to speak quiltish. (laughs) So you had so much fun with your titles. You added humor to it. Another title about the tools and supplies you put in here, would you cut down a tree with a butter knife? (laughs) And so that's so adorable because you add that sense of humor to the titles of the book. Of course, people want to use the right tools, right? 
I want to finish off this little look back at this book with a few tips that you have throughout (laughs) the book. So I'm going to read a couple of those. So let's see, which one do I want to start with? This is a great one. Quarter inch wide masking tape laid along the seam lines provides a handy guide for keeping quilt stitches straight. Mm -hmm. I still put painter's tape all over my quilts to this day. (laughs) Another fun tip was the long sides of the half square triangles are bias edges. Handle these edges carefully to avoid stretching or distorting the triangles. I mean, this is like the basis. This is so valuable for people to learn these types of things because sometimes when people are starting off, they just slash and cut and sew and they have no regard for, you know, straight of grain or bias or anything like that. Okay. The last one I want to mention is... A label sewn onto the back of your quilt allows you to record important information about your quilt. Okay, this is like 100% of the message coming out of Quilt Alliance today, right? So it's so relevant that you had that in the book way back then. So let's talk a little bit about the books. You have over 40 books. So this is one of your early ones. Tell us a bit about your journey through your books. Yeah, the books are really fun. I mean, I have so enjoyed doing books. I, I've done, there's two, just kind of two types of books. There's like tutorial type books, like teaching you to quilt, teaching you to machine quilt, teaching you triangles, you know, whatever. And then there are more pattern books, books that have, might have a theme of patterns. Like I did, I've done a lot of books on seasonal quilts because I like to decorate for the different seasons. And so the whole book would be on seasonal things. And so when I would work, when I work with a publisher, you know, we just come up with what type of a book it is. And then from there, I can, you know, focus on the energy of the book. But even the tutorial books will always have patterns, you know, always have quilt patterns in them so that you can then take those skills and practice them. Yeah. So was there a book that was your favorite of all the books that you've written? Yes. You know, it's hard to say because they all were, had different purposes. I think one of my books that I really enjoyed the message because it's a message I continue all the time is called Take the Fear Out of Color because it's all about showing how the fabric really changes the look of the quilt, the combination, the type of fabric, and it's the same pattern. And so every quilt in there had two colorways, so you could see it in two different colors, you know, do two different types of fabric. So that one was, I think, very satisfying to be able to sort of take all that stuff out of my head and and put it into a book. Yeah, and it's such a great idea to have a book like that, because quilters can get themselves to a point where they're actually terrified by color. But when you learn a bit about it, that can be the most fun part of creating the quilt. So it's nice that you have that book available. And do you think that your husband had a favorite of one of your books? Yes, he does. He does. There's um, one based on taking, what I did is I took photographs. And then from the photographs, I used the colors in the photo to develop a quilt. Ah. Not it's not a, a like the picture, but it's yeah. taking the colors out of that picture. So, like a farmer's market was a close up of the tomatoes and the little green boxes, and so the quilt has red and green and yellow, and that was the colorway. And so every one was done like that. Their photos are all mine or his that are in the book. And, you know, there was one based on chocolate, whole tray of chocolates, you know, different things like that. 
Yeah, that sounds like so much fun. What a great idea. And there are websites out there nowadays where you can throw your photo in there and it gives you a color palette and look at how early you were doing that. What a great idea. Okay. So while we're on the topic of what your husband loves, let's just give him a little bit of a shout out. So how is he, what role does he play in, in the business? He's kind of the um, behind the scenes guy, you know, the operations manager. That was what we always, you know, all of the shipping and packing and accounting and, you know, all the the technical web work, like keeping our servers up and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then when I traveled on the road, which we we traveled together, we did that for 20 years, he was the event planner. So when a guild would hire me, they worked with Greg. They didn't work with me. So I didn't do any part of that. He did all of the event stuff, all the booking, all the you know, talking to the people and handling everything. So, yeah. And just looking at the volume of what you bring to the world, it seems like you would have a team of 20 people. <laughs> Is there anyone else involved in the business that helps you out? I mean, over the years, I've had lovely friends who help me sew because I can't sew everything. and work you can only do so much to go to a certain level so then you have to have support and so i have friends who will help me so and i've over the years they've all changed right now one of the ladies who helps me her name is bobby um but i've had roberta and um uh, melanie in the past who have helped me uh, tremendously and so i you know they're they're trusted friends they are great technicians great with color and so it just helps keep projects going and meeting deadlines and things like that. Then of course I use long armors for the quilting. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's so nice when you have a deadline or you want to get the sample done or have the project for the video. It's nice to have people helping you. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't really do, I mean, you can, you can do everything yourself, but you can only go so far. Before you yeah. drop of exhaustion. So There's just so much time. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. no time to, to, so you, so you have, if like, I am much, I have really good skills for certain things. The sewing part, I sew fine, but that's something I can farm out. Yeah. I can farm it out. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about your design process because the volume of quilts that you have brought to this <laughs> world over the last several <laughs> decades is just enormous. So when you see something in the world that sparks an idea, how do you capture that? Do you have pencil to paper in a sketchbook or do you do things digitally? Yeah, I pretty much am a digital person. I think over the years it's evolved. And over the years, like when I did applique, I did do a little bit of sketching in sketchbooks because they're shapes. They're, you know, they're easier to sort of map out what the rough outline is on paper than on the computer for me. Once I go on the computer, I'm kind of on deadline and I'm on final countdown, you know, like I'm not in there to play, but on paper for applique, I could play. I could make little images or draw little things. And I'm kind of a production artist, I guess. And when you, you know, there's different types of artists out there, different types of people who create art. And I'm more of a production, like, okay, I got this project. I got to get these things. And I'm very, very process oriented. And I think 20 years in computers is probably why. I mean, I I was in, you know, project management for, you know, a good third of that time. So it's a different mindset. Yeah. And so just looking at your online presence, your designs are always happy and colorful. (laughs) So what's your goal in your business? Like, what do you love to bring to the world? 
Yeah. I just want to make quilts. Yes. <laughs> you know, just like every other quilter, practically. Yeah. I'm an everyday quilter. You know, I'm not deep with it. I have made some personal quilts and I have made some interesting quilts, but that's really not my goal. My goal is to use pretty fabric and make fun things and have a good time. Yeah. So great. So great. Okay. So, so let's talk about your lines of fabric. I have a little note here that your very first line, I did some research. Your very first line of fabric was called Old Blooms. Yes. So tell us about the very first one. That was so exciting. It was so exciting. It was with PMB Textiles and they approached me at the trade show. I actually was approached by three different fabric companies and um, PMB is really well-established company at the time. And I had been using their fabric for magazines. So I decided that, yes, they would be a good fit for me. I work, I do collaboration design. So I work with their artists and because their artwork and stuff was similar to what I did and used, it was just a good fit. Yeah. And so you designed with a few different fabric houses over time. And today you're designing with Benertex. Yeah. Benertex is amazing. It's such a good fit because they work very much like I did with PNB, where it's a collaboration. They have a lot of different styles. And so there's, and I've used Benertex fabric for since the beginning of quilting. And so I work with their artists and we come up with different, really, you know, great lines that can showcase different styles. So I have some things that are more playful and some things that look more traditional. So we kind of go back and forth uh, with that. And it's a lot of fun to be able to have different, some different looks and not have to be sort of stuck to one look. Yeah. Yeah. I like the variety with Benertex and I had a really nice experience with Benertex recently because I was going to be going to my first Bernina University as, oh, yeah. uh, in the in one of the vendor booths with Madeira Threads. And so mm. I reached out to Benertex and I said, listen, I'm going here and I want to do some fun stuff. And I know you have Bernina fabric. Can you send me some? And they did. And yeah. boy, did I have fun. I made myself Bernina jeans. I made myself a Bernina oh. dress. And <laughs> I got to meet Benertex and the team at the show. So that was oh. really fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They are great. They're very generous. They love working with designers and people to, you know, showcase their fabric. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about maybe what's available now in your lines of fabric or what's coming soon? Yeah. Just now is a fabric line called The Drawing Room is the current line that's in the stores. It's a more traditional line with um, beautiful chocolate colors and tans. And then it also has a light blue colorway. So there's two different colorways. There's paisleys and large florals and then small prints. And it's just been so fabulous to be working with it. And that's uh, one that you can find at your stores right now. And then in the spring will be Paradise Park, which Mm -hmm. is uh, red, white, and blue, much more playful, big daisies. And it's, it's fabulous. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Well, and it makes me think of a, a lovely trailer park down south, because my yeah. dad actually owned a place. He owned a place in a place called Paradise Village. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> that makes me think of that. But does it have, yeah. can you tell me about some of the motifs on there and what it looks like? 
there's different scales. They're mostly florals. So there's yeah. great big daisies, but it's a real high relief, like a red white, a blue white. And then there's pinks in there. So then the medium scale is like flowers that are like a little delicate flower that's more open. So there's open area in it. There's a white on white and then a tiny little print, which is a super, you know, basic to go in there. Yeah. Sounds so fun. Okay. So from there, I want to jump over to talk a little bit about your blog because you have 25 years of content on the blog. (laughs) It's nuts. It's nuts. Um, (laughs) If you want to find something of mine, just put Pat Sloan and then what you're looking for. And Google will send you to the correct spot. (laughs) That's that's the easiest way to find anything. I love to make quilts is is the newest spot of mine. It's that it's not been there quite as long. It's maybe five years old. And I basically built that to to showcase all the the sew along so that I can have a list and really be able to let people go and see like kind of a front page of here's and but now it's got a lot of stuff too. I'm just very I just do a lot. So, you know, you, you've got the quilt alongs, which all have a project page, and then it shows you all the blocks and, and detailed information and, you know, what about it. But, you know, I've done in years past many, you know, I did tutorials because that's what a lot of us did way many years ago when we wrote an article. It was a tutorial with photo step outs. There'd be free patterns, there's paid patterns, there's you know, just the the normal stuff. But I mean, I used to write daily on my articles. So, you know, that's kind of what you did. There wasn't anything else. You wrote an article and you hope somebody found it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about a collaboration that you've done. So let us know about the Virginia Quilt Museum. What what have you been doing? Oh, yeah. This has been so fun. My friend, Wendy Shepard, of Ivory Springs is her business name. She and I are Virginia quilters. And you know, it's probably about two years ago now, the Virginia Quilt Museum, which is in Harrisonburg, Virginia, put up on their Instagram a picture of a vintage quilt. And I looked at that and thought, oh my goodness, that is so cool. And I sent it to Wendy and said, look at this. And she's like, oh my gosh, we need to do a sew along with that. So we decided to write to the director of the museum and offer to do a a sew along, which would be doing donations and supporting the museum. And so that is, so Wendy and I kickstarted that in Valentine's Day of last year, 2023, and hosted a quilt along. And it just was so fun. It's a big vintage quilt. Well, it's pretty, it could be pretty scrappy. And that was a neat thing to support the museum. And we raised quite a bit of money for them. Yeah. And I love some of those things that you've been doing. I've been, you know, I've always followed you on Instagram and I remember seeing something wonderful you were doing with quilts for the Ukraine. Can you tell us about that? Oh yeah. When that, when that happened, when Ukraine, you know, was invaded, you know, so many people were just like shocked, of course. And so I wanted to do something that was a fundraiser and have a quilt component to it. And so put up a fundraising with an organization that would take the money and put it right to Ukraine, like, you know, directly. So we had to go through all that and build that. And then I built a quilt block so that people could make the quilt block, you know, blue and yellow, and then display it on their front door or in their businesses. People made them and auctioned them to raise more money. They hung them in their businesses and raised money that way. And so there was all kinds of things across the world going on with that, that fundraiser. 
Yeah. And there's such a great video on your Instagram. I'm just scrolling it to it right now. It might've been a while ago. I remember seeing it. Is that the one when I took it to the Lutheran? Yeah. World Relief. Yeah. So I made one quilt and took it to Lutheran World Relief, which is a charity organization that happens to have their to have two warehouses, one main warehouse is just north of me. And then I donated my quilt that I made. I made a full quilt of that quilt block. And then they accepted my quilt and they said they would try to do a presentation to an individual and record it as part of their service stuff that they do when they go over and, and deliver their support. Yeah. And so that just happened recently. Yeah. Just just in the fall of last year, they were able to, you know, publish it then. And so I got to see the person who actually got my quilt. Oh, that's such a, I mean, so heartwarming, right? So if you want to see that, you can go to Pat's Instagram page and you can scroll down to September and there's a nice little post about Lutheran World Relief and sharing the story of that quilt. So that's kind of nice. Okay. So from there, I want to get back into the story, kind of the timeline. You have done over 20 years of teaching and speaking on the road with Greg. So what have been some of your favorite quilt travel highlights of places you've gone to? I think always the highlights tend to be sort of the bigger events, you know, like I took a quilt group to China Mm -hmm. and when, and so that was, you know, Basically, it was a tour of China with like-minded people who were quilters. (laughs) And I mean, I taught a class, but, you know, it was uh, very interesting. We did the same for Ireland. So we took a tour group to Ireland and there we got to meet Irish quilters because there just wasn't a way to meet Chinese quilters. But we were able to get hold of two Irish quilt guilds. And this was a while ago now, so... (laughs) nine years ago. And so it was hard because it took a long time for them to answer emails and coordinate, but we actually met with them. So this whole, my whole tour group met with a two different quilt guilds and we had an evening with each one, which was just over the top fabulous. Yeah. And would you imagine that Greg had a favorite trip? Probably the same ones. Yeah. You know, probably the same ones. Now we did travel, you know, quite extensively in the US. And because we traveled to the guild, you know, we didn't fly, we drove. And so we got to see so much of the country. Uh, and that's been that was a highlight. I mean, it was just it's kind of a a, a top tier highlight is that we got to see so much of our country by driving there. Just things that we would not have done had we not been invited to their town. Yeah, I can I can just imagine how much fun that would be traveling with him because my husband and I travel a lot, but we travel separately. He travels for his work, I travel for quilting. Oh, when yeah. we actually do get a any kind of trip together, we're just so excited. It's like, wow, you're sitting beside me. This is yeah, is this for yeah. real? <laughs> so yeah, I can imagine that would be so fun. So you have always been a sought-after teacher and speaker, but you call yourself a lifestyle quilter. So what does that mean? I like to now, you know, it's kind of what I do now is I like to focus on just encouraging people to actually quilt, 
you know, that quilting as a lifestyle, it's not just something you do occasionally. <laughs> like I always say, if you're like the hardcore quilter, you're my group, you know, come on over, come on down. Because uh, I I really just like to talk about quilting all the time and what you can do and encourage you to do that. And so that's sort of where I where I am at this point in what I do is, you know, share tips maybe, but I'm not really focused on, you know, trying to do tons of tutorials. I mean, I do five videos a week. So it's a lot. You have to, you know, you basically just, you know, come along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so you're not for hire anymore to travel. And <laughs> no, to speak, I'm not but, for hire. <laughs> uh, but we'll talk about your Facebook group and the quilt yeah. longs and your YouTube channel after the yeah. break. But okay. is there a quilt or quilt project over these past three decades that has been most memorable for you? I think that the one I've enjoyed when I look, think about it is some of the large applique projects that I've done. They were really fun to design and to execute. So I have probably three of those. And one of them is now in the permanent collection at the Virginia Quilt Museum. Oh, wow. Oh, what an yeah. honor. And so yeah. how did that come about? Tell me a little they, more about that. They asked me if I would like to donate a quilt to the permanent collection. And oh. so I was just extremely honored. And then I had to figure out what kind of quilt. And I thought so these, these quilts that are large applique quilts are really quilters quilts. You know, they're not the kind of quilts other people appreciate as much. They're really a quilters quilt. They're kind of personal. They have a little bit of a story in them. And so I picked one of those as the uh, one I would donate. Yeah, and only quilters will really know the amount of love and work that went into right. in that quilt, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this next question is a question I ask every single guest, and it's my favorite question. In your <laughs> quilting world, what brings you joy? Sewing. <laughs> Sewing. Doing the work. Doesn't everybody action. say that? <laughs> Why do you sew if you don't like to sew? <laughs> the answers vary quite a bit, but most yeah. people say yes. T doing the work, taking the action, having the fun. I'm a maker. I mean, that's what I, I, I'm a maker. So I like to make stuff and I'm an obsessive maker and my stuff I make doesn't have to have a purpose and it doesn't have to have a reason for being. So quilts are great for that, you know, and they, they store somewhat small, like versus <laughs> making furniture, you know, they store small, <laughs> except in your situation when right, you have right. well, hundreds and hundreds of them. Excessive here, but yeah. <laughs> Okay, so right now we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk all about Pat's studio space, the quilts, of course, and the Pat Sloan YouTube channel and what's coming soon. We'll be right back. Discover a haven for sewing enthusiasts at angelssewing.com. Our store in Salem, New Hampshire is dedicated to providing a vast selection of high-quality sewing machines, fabrics, and accessories to help bring your creative visions to life. Whether you're a seasoned quilter, embroiderer, bag maker, or a beginner embarking on your first sewing project, we offer a range of products to suit every skill level. Our knowledgeable and friendly staff are always on hand to assist with your needs, ensuring a seamless shopping experience. Explore our online store and find endless inspiration for your next sewing adventure. Dive into our online treasure trove at angelssewing.com and let your creativity flow seamlessly with every stitch. At angelssewing.com, we're not just sewing, we're building a community of creators. 
So Yeah Quilting is Las Vegas's premier quilting and sewing supply retailer. Their goal is to provide the best supplies and customer service. Visit their store in person or shop online at soyaquilting.com. You can also find them on YouTube for tutorials, events, and flash sales to get a glimpse of who they are, what they do, and how much fun they have. For the So Yak Quilting family, it's a privilege to be in an industry filled with wonderful, caring people with a desire to make the world a little better every day. And we are back with Pat Sloan. Pat, can you tell us about your studio space? Where do you create? I create in my home. I have ended up finally, you know, we have a very small house. There's no basement, no usable attic. So uh, all the work has to be done in a room of the house. And so I've been in many rooms of the house, but I'm now in the family room of the house. So those of you who have homes with a family room, it is looks like an addition to the house, but it's not. It's how it came. And it's off the back. It shoots off the back of the house. There's a big entry and an eat-in spot into the kitchen. And then the sliding doors out to the deck. And, and it has a fireplace, which I cover up. <laughs> <laughs> covered? Is it covered with a quilt? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> okay. A quilt and some boards. <laughs> Okay, now I I have just launched my YouTube channel with all new content just in last October, and I am striving to do one video a week. <laughs> now you oh. just mentioned that you do five videos a week, so can you give us a glimpse into your average workday? To do that much, that's why I said I'm not doing a cool tutorial a day or anything, and even doing any. You know, I, I had to develop a plan of what works for that. Yeah. And so it has to be kind of specific uh, and to what works for what I like to do, which is make stuff. So that's why I do a lot of quilt alongs. And I basically take a journey. If I'm thinking about something, I film it. If there's something interesting or, you know, like like a thought like, oh, well, well, maybe you want to know about this. Well, I just film it while I'm doing it. And then I kind of slice all those things into the story of the video, you know, so there might be a bit of randomness here and there, but there's always a focus. I do a calendar. I do a project calendar every month so people can download it and know what the kind of topic, you know, or when the sew along day is. Like if we're doing the Christmas stars by my friend, Wendy, that's on Tuesdays and, you know, in October, it was on Tuesdays, you know, that kind of a thing, you know, what, when it's happening. Oh, that sounds so organized and easy to follow. Yeah, I'm born organized. So it's <laughs> like I I was, it's like, I can't be chaotic. Okay. So as a creator, as a maker, what's your favorite time of day? To make things the afternoon and the evening. I do not like to make things in the morning. Like you just you like the easy morning with the coffee. No, and just... mornings are like brain work. Oh, okay. All the brain stuff has to happen in the morning. It doesn't have to. It happens in the morning and the afternoon usually. And yeah. the sewing gets the making gets in the evening. But I, you know, late afternoon and evening are when I make. And morning after early afternoon is brain work, computer work, emails, community work. You know, there's a lot of non-sewing that goes on running a business. Yeah. 
Okay, so getting ready for this episode, I had a lot of fun pouring through some of your YouTube videos, and I'm really <gasps> excited to talk to you about this. So very recently, you embarked on a gathering of the quilts, the samples, like everything you have made over the last 30 years. So how many quilts do you have? And tell us about your living room right now or your plans <laughs> with that. Yeah, that video was done a little while ago yeah. where we we decided to pull, you know, we decided we were going to pull all the quilts from one place all down here. They were upstairs in, in the spare bedrooms and we're going to pull it down here. And so there were 800 quilts <laughs> that I pulled that is <laughs> a lot of quilts. quilts you know <laughs> there's a lot of small quilts yeah but there's still 800 of them I mean just a massive massive amount of quilts and so I've spent the last two years since I did that basically giving quilts away and so I have a couple friends who work with a bunch of different charities and so I am bringing the number way way down of the quilts that I own and then giving them away um, oh, that is so heartwarming. So what kind of charities are receiving those quilts? There's a large, large variety. There are children, but there's also like homes for people who need help, you know, shelters, all different kinds of places. You yeah, know? that is so great. So right now you've kind of got your living room back. Like, have you got them organized? Oh, yeah. The living room is back. Uh, <laughs> there's, the dining room is the auxiliary spot because pretty much all the business is now down here in my family room, which is my studio. And then the dining room is rimmed with shelving full of stuff. So, yeah. And then okay. my hallway has quilt storage. Yeah. The whole hallway long. <laughs> okay. So if you're listening right now and you want to go to that gallery page, you can go to I love to make quilts.com and just click on the gallery page to see the videos about that story. Yeah. And and there's also the photo of Pat in her living room, which is astonishing, right. <laughs> surrounded by all of those quilts. So Pat, you have been doing quilt alongs for as long as any quilter can remember. So <laughs> what got you started with quilt alongs? You know, that's an interesting question, Brandy, because I don't know what started that. I did them. I did them like block of the months. Block of the months were actually quite, quite new when I first started quilting. They had kind of just been developed. People and so so I did a few of those and I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the camaraderie of people and not really making it alone, but making with friends. And that sort of fueled, I think, my interest in doing projects where you work with your friends or your community and you all make stuff. <laughs> Do the same project. But yeah. you know, everybody uses their own fabric, so it looks different. So if someone's listening right now and they've never done a quilt along, what, what can they expect? Well, the project might be a sampler. I do a lot of samplers, or it may be a quilt with multiple blocks or maybe two blocks. It really depends. If it's a sampler and I on block Wednesday, I do a, a free block every Wednesday, three times a year, which makes a quilt. And those are almost always a mystery. Occasionally, I do one where you see it in advance, but they would be a mystery. So every Wednesday, you would come and get the next block. They're simple, easy, pieced blocks for the most part. Occasionally, there's an applique block, um, but not too much. I usually just keep it piece block. So it lets it, everybody get involved. Um, people who are allergic to applique, you know, so <laughs> they, that group. <laughs> 
And then I usually give the layout early because I believe in letting, I want to know the layouts. So first it helps you decide whether you want to do it or not, but it also let you have the layout direction so you can start setting your quilt as you go along. Yeah. And so that whenever I can, now if I use somebody else's project, I can't always do that because they may not have it available. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes you can find the free ones like the Wednesday blocks and other yeah. times you just purchase the pattern to get involved. Right. People use my links to purchase the pattern from wherever, or or it might be from a book, you know, so whatever yeah. they're doing. And I do a lot of projects where there's like make a wish with the fat quarter shop. They do a make a wish sub- that supports that. And so I also sew along with those and my quilt then gets auctioned and raises more money for make a wish at the end of that one. So there's, you know, Uh, kind of different combinations of things. Yeah, that is so great. Okay. So I'm going to, so back when you started, you kind of kicked off your business with writing for magazines and then you got into patterns. I'm going to take a little bit of a stab at this wonderful timeline and make sure I'm listening well (laughs) here. So it might not be in perfect order, but here's what I've gathered. So you wrote for magazines, you created patterns, you've got over 40 books, you've been designing fabric, you have this robust 25-year blog. You did the radio show for a decade. Your mm-hmm. online presence on YouTube and the social channels has just exploded. Your quilt-alongs, your yeah. community, and of course, your collaborations. Yeah. This has been this has been a journey. So what does the future look like for Pat Sloan? What's still on your dream list? I don't really have a dream list. I don't know that I, you know, there were some big things of, you know, I wanted to do fabric and I wanted to write books and, you know, so, and I've, I've done thread collections, like with Orphil, I've worked with them closely. I have, I work with baby lock for my sewing machines. And so I've done all of these different things. I'm doing the ch- charity work. I, I like the unofficial ambassador for the Virginia quilt museum, you know, so that's been really fulfilling. And I just see, continuing to do kind of what I'm doing right now for the next, you know, that's, that's what I like, you know, I've kind of go to the fun stuff. (laughs) Well, and it's nice to see that you've come to a place in your life where contentment is kind of the goal. Continuing what you're doing is kind of the goal. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of years of doing things, you know, that, you know, something might pop up, and that's what's nice is there's no, they'll be, I'll have the ability to engage with it if, if I want to, like if an opportunity comes up that I find is interesting, I will be able to take it on. So at least that's yeah. the hope. <laughs> yeah. So Pat, I'm really excited about what you're doing on your YouTube channel. You have such a robust and vibrant community there. So tell us about all the things you offer on YouTube. It is, it is such an amazing platform. It is so fun to be able to uh, have that visual to go along with what I do. Uh, what I really like is to share the process of making projects. So not just say, here's a block. And, you know, I like to talk about the fabric selection, something that a lot of people don't really dive into. They show you block construction. I focus on fabric, you know, how it changes things. My community makes blocks. So then I do fun quilt parades where I take their versions and then you can see like 15 or 20 blocks made by others and see all the different fabric combinations. And I talk about them. I don't run music with them. I actually narrate what the maker did. And so they're really fun. People love to see what makes a block tick, why it changes with your fabrics. 
Um, the quilt alongs are just a great way to motivate and get excited about your quilt making. I mean, I like that's sort of like what my my being is now. <laughs> it's like I just work on quilts all the time. About 80% of them go directly to charity. Uh, then the other, you know, 20% I enjoy for a while and then they go to charity. <laughs> so pretty yeah. much that's uh, that's the kinds of things that we do. I have giveaways. Um, we just gave away a koala chair, um, a sewing chair. I've given away cookies from my friend's business in the future. Just, you know, because quilters have to be nourished, you know. you got to yeah. sit in a chair, but you also got to have cookies. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of fun to be had. And something that you said there, I just want to touch on, because so many creators out there are trying to engage with their community. They're bringing great content to the world. But the fact that you take in what you're viewers have made and then you share it back with them that really is community so I love that part it is one of the joys of doing this because I have the companion Facebook group where people can share their work then I'm able to to collect it and and get it and a lot of the work that I'm doing for charity the quilters uh, in my community are also doing they're doing the same quilts for charity we support make a wish uh, with the fat quarter shops program that they do every year and then my quilt, is actually auctioned. And this past year we did a raffle. So that was great. So that's additional money that goes to that particular charity. I do other charity things throughout the year that are real targeted and people like kind of having a purpose for their making, you know, rather than just making to make, it's sort of fun to know where it's going to ultimately go. Yeah. Well, if you're listening right now and you want to get involved in what Pat Sloan is doing on YouTube, simply find Pat Sloan on YouTube and you can subscribe and like and follow along and you'll see everything that she has to offer. Okay. So I was really thinking about you in June of 2020 when you broke both of your wrists. You broke both of your wrists. What happened and how did you deal with that? Yeah. Quilter's nightmare, right? And I tell you, it's anybody's nightmare. Once you've done it, you now know it's like anybody in the world, you do not wish two broken wrists on them unless you really don't Uh, like the people Uh, because it is. Yeah. I tripped on a sidewalk that during the day, a beautiful day in June, but it was a walk. I hadn't gone on that spot and I didn't know that the elevation of the sidewalk was so high and it caught my toe and I went down and broke both my wrists. So, oh gosh. <clears throat> well, you made quite a comeback from that. So, <laughs> how did you manage to keep your mindset so positive? Well, you know, you don't know how you're going to handle things. You yeah. just don't. You don't. And what I found was that I had to absolutely do whatever I could do and just think about the things I could do and not ever think about things I can't do. Yeah. And I couldn't do hardly anything. And so what I could do was very small, <laughs> but I just had to take it, you know, as, as the saying goes, one day at a time. Uh, but I'm not a patient person. So one day at a time is really not uh, a great mantra for me. So, you know, it was, yeah, just you, the first couple months. And then after that, it got easier, you know, once I could do a little bit of stuff, you know, like yeah. go to the bathroom myself, you know, that was good. We got to <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. That's a good milestone, right? <laughs> right. It was really good. <laughs> well, that was quite a comeback. I was very impressed with how you dealt with that. And I mean, I'm only seeing the best bits on social media, but it was, 
Wow. It was heartwarming to see that you came back so quickly. Well, the thing with the video is, you know, I could have just not done video for three months until I could function again, but that was one thing I had control over. I had no control over most stuff, but I could control doing a video. And my, my wonderful husband, you know, Greg would set everything up and he would turn the camera on and get all this stuff out and hang this stuff up. I wanted him to hang up. And I was doing that, you know, five days a week. I was actually doing it six days a week because I started out at seven days a week. But yeah, (laughs) that's incredible. I am working so hard just to get one video out a week. (laughs) So incredible that you can do. Well, when it's what your main thing is, it's different. Yeah. Your main thing is something else. Yeah. You know, yeah, you you only have so many hours in a day. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so now it's time for the lightning round, Robin. It's a series of (laughs) rapid fire questions and it's super fun. Are you ready? Mm, I guess. (laughs) Okay. What is your favorite tool or notion? Oh, I had to be the seam ripper. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you want to be best friends with your seam ripper, right? Yeah, best friends. Yeah, it's it's a tool that's useful and you have to use it. So yeah. What is a skill you'd still love to learn in quilting? Ooh, learn. I guess I would like to be better friends with the embroidery function of my sewing machine. Ah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Have you had any weird, funny, or crazy quilting moments? So yeah, there's many, many, but one that is really funny is a lady recognized me in the bathroom in Houston at a restaurant. And she, <laughs> you know, this is a trade show. So we were at a trade show and it's somebody I had been writing with, but then I would, then after that, I saw her often for a while. And so it was a constant, you know, do we need to go to the bathroom to talk, you know, because. <laughs> oh yeah, crazy. that's funny. I could see her under the stall. Hello. <laughs> Can yeah. we please go outside before? It was we the can? smallest bathroom ever, and we were very loud. That's like <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Okay. Has there been a mentor who has really influenced you along your journey? I would say not a mentor, but there are people who's teaching. Like I took classes with Gwen Marston. I was really really greatly influenced by taking workshops with Nancy Crow way, way, way back. They showed me a different type of quilt making than I had had exposure to prior. And it suited me that style that was much more asymmetrical, easy flowing. And now the word improv, everybody knows what that word means now, but nobody used that word then. It was called modern or something. You know, we didn't have improv, but now you know what improv means. And that's kind of the type of work they did. Okay. And do you have any other favorite hobbies besides quilting? I do. I like to garden. I'm kind of a warm weather gardener. I'm kind of a spring gardener, actually. I want it all in the ground and then I'm done for the year, you know, like, but I really, really love flowers. I've been gardening since I was a teenager. I mean, I started a garden at when I was in high school in my at my parents' backyard, you know. So, so it's, I love I love flowers. Yeah, and if you check out Quilter Pat Sloan on Instagram, you will see flowers sprinkled here and there throughout the feed. Yeah. <laughs> it's lovely. Okay, so thank you for braving the lightning round robin. That yeah. was fun. <laughs> so, I've mentioned your website at i love to make quilts.com where we can find everything you offer, but where's the best place for quilters to connect with you on social media? Um probably watching my YouTube and then in my Facebook group. So it's Quilt Along with Pat Sloan at Facebook and then 
YouTube, the comments at my channel. So those are the yeah. main spots I hang okay. out. I mean, I can't be everywhere. It's just yeah. impossible. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to let the Facebook group slip right on by. I want to talk about oh. that for a minute. So Quilt <laughs> Along with Pat Sloan has 375,000 members. I know. Amazing. It's it's the largest group for quilters on Facebook. That is crazy. It so is tell, crazy. tell us about what happens there. <laughs> it is an open community, meaning you do not have to show my things. And yeah. I think that's why it's a it's so popular is because it's like being in a big guild except that I run it, you know, so, and so a lot of people do my things because they kind of came there for me, but then there's people who came there some other way. And so there's always a wonderful quilts being shown, partial quilts being shown, and lots of lots of help being given. People come there to ask for advice, for help on something, on a extremely wide variety of quilting topics. It's not so much machine stuff. Occasionally there's machine stuff, but there's groups specific to that. But it's more like either color or construction or why isn't this working? You know, and I keep it extremely positive. I have a group of volunteers I call the ambassadors and they help by everything's post approval. So, you know, we see all the posts and then approve them to go in to keep it a positive environment, sharing their own work. We try to keep the scammers out because, you know, a large community like that is they do get in occasionally, but we zap them. Zap, yeah. zap, zap really quick. <laughs> but the help is tremendous. If you have a question, somebody's going to help you. Yeah, that sounds so great. So if someone is listening right now and they're thinking, how have I been under a rock and I'm going to encounter <laughs> Pat Sloan for the first time, where do you think they should start? Would they, would it be the Facebook group or should, maybe they should go to YouTube first? I think they should go to YouTube. That's where I would send you to go to YouTube because that's really where I deliver my content. I deliver yeah. what I'm doing there. And then everything else just supports that. So my YouTube channel is a primary place. And I know not everybody has good internet and which is a shame because you miss out so much. But in that case, if you can get on Facebook and you'll just be able to see pictures and you can get my newsletter, that'll send you an RSS feed of the new articles then. But yeah, the YouTube channel is pretty much the main spot. Yeah. Okay. So now as we wrap up, Pat, what do you want quilters to take away most from our conversation today? I hope that you decide to come in and visit with me on YouTube or my Facebook group on join in one of the quilt alongs, check out my fabric. But, you know, one of the the biggest things is I really hope if you haven't been quilting very much lately, maybe you need a little help, a little inspiration that you'll pick up one of my projects and, you know, some are free. So you can just come and get yourself going again and get sewing. Because yeah. that's really where the joy comes from. Yeah. If you haven't been doing it for a while, mm-hmm. check out the Pat Sloan content and quilt along, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it happens. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We get so busy with everything we're doing. And then all of a sudden it's been three months and we haven't, you know, mm-hmm. picked up a stitch. So, okay. I love that. So Pat, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing bits of your story today. Oh, thank you. I'm just thrilled to be here on the first of the year for your show. 
Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) So that was my show with Pat Sloan. One thing that delights me about Pat is that her superpower seems to be making quilts fun. In her videos, you'll see she is casual, funny, and real with very few edits. She'll say, we're doing this, but maybe not, or should I, or what the heck, let's do it anyways. And it's just, it's her for real having fun making quilts with you. So it's very easy to get engaged in the content and follow along. I love that her Instagram feed is a mix of quilts and smiles and plants and flowers and all kinds of ways you can quilt along. And finally, I admire how she uses her platform and her community to feature stories like the families in the Ukraine getting comfort from the quilts. To me, this has been an inspiring episode packed with takeaways, and I hope that you feel the same. I loved sharing the story of Pat Sloan with you. Thank you for listening to the Quilter on Fire podcast. Until next time, dream big and have fun in the studio with the Quilter on Fire.